Well, it's great to see everybody today. We've got some extra special people. Jarrah's back. It's great to see you today, Jarrah. John Harden is back. That's great to be able to see John and some people who have had some extra, extra struggles besides just a mask or two. And so it's great to have you guys here with us. And it's always good to be able to worship God. One of the great things I wanted to let you know about today is a couple of weeks ago, we had set a Mission Sunday goal of $88,930 to the penny. (laughs) I just want you to know we blew past that already. So we are already past the Mission Sunday goal, and all of missions for the next year is fully funded. And so that's going to be a good thing for us still to be able to spread God's Word all around the world and complete all of those plans that we have had already. So what a great thing to be able to do that. Thank you for that's you guys doing that. So that's really amazing. We've been talking about being humble a little bit, so today we want to talk about being exalted. What does this mean when a person is exalted? And so the passage that was read to us today is in Luke 14. Jesus tells this story because people are taking the best place. Now, you do have to understand a little bit about what happened, and the, today we go in and, you know, it's sit anywhere. It's in the lunchroom or wherever, and so there's not a higher place. There's not one that's better than the other. It's just, you know, you go and, and any seat is fine, except on special occasions, Now, if you have a special occasion, I think we still recognize that there are times when there's an order of seating. And usually, if there's an order of seating, you will put place cards with names. This person sits here, this person sits here, this person sits here. And apparently, they had never thought of that back in Jesus' time. So they just had, here is the situation, every feast that was given, and especially a wedding feast, which is the parable that he gives, you know that you're not supposed to sit in the bride's chair, right? I mean, we would just know that automatically. You can sit in the groom's chair, just don't sit in the bride's chair. But it's usually set up like this, and you can see how this works. Down at the head of the table is going to be this place where those are the places of honor, and all the rest of it comes down, and our place is going to be right here on the end. And so that would be furthest away, and the closer you are to the bride and groom, the more honor you would have. You may see it more in this type of setting where you're not going to go up and sit right square in the middle because the bride and groom sit there. And then it's the maid of honor and the best man. Uh, Well, if you think you're the best man, then go sit in his place, right? Make everybody else move down. So we do have this. We do recognize it. When you go to a funeral, you recognize this section is reserved for family. If you're not family, then you need to sit in a different place. And so there are those times when we recognize that this is the way it worked. And this is also true with a wedding feast back in the time of Jesus or for any of the other times than they had. 
the head of the table would be the most important person. And so Jesus would sit at the head of the table. And then the next most important people on either side and so forth down to the end so that the last ones are furthest away. And it was just a matter of recognizing the honor. They didn't have a name tag system, though. And so if you went to a wedding feast and you didn't know where you were supposed to sit, you might guess at how much honor you did have with the bride and the groom or the family. Um, And if you picked wrong, they might ask you to move. And this was a normal thing for them. They would say, oh, would you come and sit down here? Because you're a little too close. There's a few more important people than you. And so they would ask you to move down. Or if you picked a spot that was really low, then they might ask you to move up. All of this would draw attention to you. All of this would be a matter of giving you the honor of saying, oh, you need to move up higher. That's what this is talking about. The whole thing is about this idea of being able to move. And so I've looked at this, and I don't know that I've ever seen it explained quite this way. But I think what he's trying to do is not do this great big thing that we talk about sometimes. But he's talking about a very simple thing that we might have to move up higher, that we might have to move down lower. And so pick the lowest place so that if you're ever asked to move, it will be to move up higher. And that would be in honor to you. You don't want to pick a place that's so high that people are going to ask you to move down. And so it's just that simple. The principle, he says, is everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And so, if you picked a place too high, you would be asked to move down. He who humbles himself will be exalted. What is exalted? What do we think about with that? And why is Jesus teaching so much on this idea of being exalted? Because it's not just in this one. There are a number of places where Jesus talks about being exalted, and yet I don't think we have a very good grasp or concept of what it means for us to be exalted. If you walk around and ask somebody, are you exalted, they probably would say, no, I, you know, didn't feel that exalted today. And so I think it's part of us is trying to understand exactly what Jesus is teaching here. I think some people are always amazed and thankful and joyful, and they can look around and see all the blessings that God has given to them, and they're just always amazed at what God is doing. And it's just one of those impressive things that God is able to do so many things and that their prayers are answered and, boy, they even got a gold star today. And so their whole attitude is this idea of that everything is is better than what they expected. On the other hand, there are the other side where people never feel like they got quite what they deserve because somebody else got a little bit better than they did. And they're just as good as that person, if not a little better than that person. And so they think, I ought to have gotten what they got. And I don't get everything that God gives to me. And I don't get all the things that that I think I ought to get. And people ought to do better for me. 
and all I've got is this crummy gold star. The two are exactly the same. The difference is the approach. And I think Jesus is very concerned with Christians that they would take the approach of feeling blessed, of feeling like they have been exalted by God and asked to move up higher. Because if you get the other side, and Christians are the ones who are grouchy, Christians are the ones who feel slighted by God and by others, that's not what Jesus is trying to teach here. And the whole difference comes down to where do you sit? Where do you pick? And I think Jesus is trying to teach something very, very important here. And so we might have two different people like this. One feels very blessed by God and like God has given so much grace. And the other person's angry with God simply because they don't have everything they think they need. After all, it's not what it's supposed to be. And, you know, Jesus is great and to one person and they love Jesus. And then the other person says, yeah, I just don't want to follow him. I'll follow some of this, but I don't want to follow all of this. And you see it especially when it comes to church. Some people feel like the church is full of loving people, and they're very caring and very concerned, and they're always so gracious, and they're always so good and so helpful to you. And other people feel like the church is a bunch of hypocrites. They don't live up to what they're trying to be or what they even think they're supposed to be. They never fulfill what I need. They don't ever think of me first. And let me just say, if it doesn't live up to where you expect, then maybe you need to adjust where you sit. And that might be the difference that Jesus is trying to teach here. Because you're sitting up too high and people are not giving you the credit you think you deserve. And Jesus taught this way, the humble will be exalted, only the humble will feel exalted and the others, it seems, will feel slighted. Those who exalt themselves or think that they deserve more are never going to be happy. And it doesn't matter what you do. They are never going to be happy with it. And so I think Jesus here is trying to teach this principle and has put this principle in here over and over again so that we might understand this and we might come about it from the standpoint of being thankful and grateful and seeing all of the good blessings of God. Let's look at what Jesus did with this in Philippians 2. And these are going to be familiar passages again. It talks about Jesus humbling himself, and in Philippians 2 and verse 8, it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so Jesus is given as the example here. Certainly he is someone that should be exalted. And so he humbled himself. He went clear to the point of death. He was God in heaven, comes to earth, and now is on earth. And 
all the way to the point of death. And then it says the exalting is by God, that every, he is given the name that is above every name, that every knee is going to bow before him, that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's really high. I mean, if every single person is eventually going to recognize this, that's really high. And I think some people are expecting that. Yeah, I've been humbled, so when am I going to get to be above every name that has been named? When am I going to get to have this time when all people will confess that Terry is really great? Why are you guys laughing? Yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? That is not what Jesus is trying to teach with this. But we hear the word exalted, and we think, well, exalted, that must be like Jesus, right? Because he came, and he was humble, and then he was exalted to the heavens. Above all people that are ever named, above every single person on heaven and on earth. Above everything. And so when we are exalted... No, you don't get that. Well, how did Jesus get to be exalted that high? Because Jesus deserves it. It is the place where he fits. It is the place where he belongs. And he will be exalted to that place because it is his place. It is in his nature. And we will be exalted to the place where we belong. Okay, I know now you're disappointed. Not any higher than the place where we belong. It was never his intention to say, and we'll exalt you above everybody else simply because you humbled him yourself. No, it's just this simple principle. If you humbled himself, we'll put you where you belong. We're not going to exalt you above everybody that has been named, above every name in heaven and on earth, and that everyone would bow. And But if God recognizes who we are, then he's going to move us up to the place where we would be. It's not exalted above all others. It isn't credited above all others. It's because we don't deserve that. It's getting the place where we're supposed to be. And so if you choose to sit lower than where you are supposed to be, then people will say good things about you and you'll be asked to move up. If you don't, if you sit where you think you ought to sit, don't be surprised. You're exactly in the right place. Nobody asked you to move up. Nobody asked you to move down. You sat in the perfect place. By the way, there are no seats in the auditorium that are better than any other, except maybe the back seat. That seems to be the one that everybody wants to get, so haven't quite understood that. All right, so let me give you an example about how this. How many of you have flown on an airplane before? All right, and you got the seat you paid for, right? That little cramp thing in coach where it's at least three across, if not five across, and of course you got the middle seat. And somewhere they have shortened those or else my knees are a lot longer than what they used to be. And as you get on the plane, you walk by this other section. 
that you're like, wait, this isn't so bad because you walk by this other section that is wider seats and everybody's got their own cup holder and everybody's got, you know, a much wider place and there's bigger distance. It's called first class. Well, who gets to sit in first class? The people who have paid for first class. There are a few occasions where you will get to move up to first class, where they might pick somebody and say, all right, we're just going to bump you up a little bit, and you get the first class treatment. And so you're able to be in first class, and that's amazing. Because now you feel special. Now you feel important. After all, boy, this is great. I got to be in first class. I'm better than all those other people back there. (laughs) And so you get to be in that first place. And after all, they let you on first then. So that everybody who walks by can see how great your seat is and how much room you have before they get back to their crummy little seat. Well, first class may look like that, or first class may be a little bit bigger than that. I mean, there are some first class seats that are, these are pretty classy. Well, who gets to sit in those? The people who paid for those is the real answer. And and I'm kind of amazed. I always wanted to find this seat. I've never seen this seat on the airplane. You know, that would be great to find that kind of a seat because there are some that I didn't even know came on airplanes. Are you kidding? These would be great. This would be a much better way to fly. But how do you get one of those? Because I think I'm important enough, right? Well, no, we're, we're as important as what we pay for. That's what the airlines are saying. But there is one seat you're never going to get. That's this seat. And it doesn't matter how much you pay, you do not get to sit in that seat, for which I am very thankful. Why not? If I paid for first class, what's above first class? How about pilot? Can I buy the pilot seat? No. And it doesn't matter what you've done, you're not qualified to sit in the pilot seat. And so, yeah, you might get bumped up one to sit in first class, but only the people who are pilots sit in the pilot seat. Nobody else. That's it. Where's James? Isn't that right, James? You've got your own special seat, don't you? Nobody else gets to sit there. James is a pilot, so that's one of those things that you just realize. So we may think that we can sit down in first class, but not unless you paid for it. And when you think about it, Is the place where we fit. The disciples tried to come to Jesus and tried to ask him about the first place. And so James and John come and they're asking about, can we have the best place of honor? It says in Mark 10, 37. 
And they said to him, Grant us to sit one on the right and one on your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But I sit at my right hand. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And then the ten heard it. They, became, they began to be indignant at James and John. And so if you're asking for places of honor, I just want you to see this passage to see that it is prepared for someone. And Jesus is not just going to give it because someone asks. It's not just a matter of getting there first. You will be asked to move down. Because he says some people have this place of honor to sit on the right and left hand. And it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And it has been prepared for someone who has earned it. And so the places of honor are for those who have earned it. And so Jesus asked them, well, what did you do in order to earn this? There is this cup, a cup of suffering, a baptism of fire, or of tragedy. Have you, are you willing to go through that? Oh, yes. If we could sit on right and left hand, and he says, yes, you probably will do that, but it's still not mine to give. There are some who are going to earn that. And so there are two sides to being exalted, two reasons that he gives in Scripture for this. The first is what you do. The servant. The greatest is the greatest servant, and Jesus certainly teaches that. The greatest servant is the greatest disciple, and so we can see how Jesus explains that. The second is being faithful during suffering. And here he talks about this concept of suffering, that we have been through the abuse of the Pharisees, through the abuse of the Romans. We have been humbled to the point of death, and we see Jesus in this place, and therefore he has been highly exalted. If we have been persecuted like that, it is this cup of suffering that we would go through. But not just that we've been through it, that we have been faithful to God while we went through it. And so then those people are honored in the New Testament. All right, so why is this such a big deal? Why are we spending so much time on it? Well, it seems like a big deal in Jesus' time. It seems like a big thing for him. And I think it's important for us to understand. Jesus brings this back over and over and over as he tries to talk to them about this. Because disciples are arguing about who's the greatest. There's squabbles and fights between them about, you know, my place or this place or, you know, this prestige thing. And there is a way that Jesus wants his disciples to behave. And he says, this is the way I want you to behave. I don't want you to argue about who's the greatest. I want you to put yourself lower than what you think you deserve. And then see if anyone asks you to move up. And if no one asks you to move up, then you're probably in the right place. 
well, that's not good. (laughs) I don't want to be in that place. But that's what Jesus teaches. This is not a false sense of humility. This is not self-deprecation of saying, oh, no, I don't deserve anything at all. I'll just sit at the very back of the... Well, the first pew is the back of the church, so I'll just sit at the end and... Because sometimes you might be in a selfish group where nobody's going to ask you to move up. And it's because of all of them. It's not necessarily because of you. But he wants this attitude of constantly being blessed. That we are asked to move up. That you'll be told that you're recognized, that you belong there. That you'll see this blessing of benefit that you're able to get. And that you're recognized for where you fit. And you'll find joy in this positive outlook. And that you'll see that everything is better. And be amazed at all the things that God is doing in your life. And God is answering your prayer. And God is giving grace. And he wants you to have that. Because that's the joy that every Christian is to find. And it only can come when you sit in the place where you need to be moving up. Or everything else is worse and you think you deserve more. And if they don't exalt you enough, you're going to be upset and nobody cares about me. And we think we're great, but nobody else recognizes us. And we think we're better than them. And then show it by your service. If you really think you're better than everybody else, then show it by your service. So show it by your faithfulness in suffering. And then it will be true. And that's the challenge for us today. Make it true. And we are the ones who choose whether to make it true or not. Whether or not we see this as a great thing where God is doing and lifting and so much more than we ever deserved. It works a little bit like this. We all have families. In the Old Testament, they were told to honor your father and mother. Same thing in the New Testament. It's an important concept. God is the one who does the exalting, but we give honor. So we're told to honor father and mother. Well, who's the most important one in the family? Well, moms are moms and dads are dads. They're important in the family. And the first kid is just wonderful. That's the first child, and they're the oldest, and it's going to be great forever. And the second child is the youngest, and you tell them, boy, you are just wonderful. You are, the, you are such a good child. You are so amazing and so wonderful, and that's always a good thing. And mom and dad tell us we're the best brother, the best sister. They did tell you that, right? Okay, maybe not. Uh, but you get that from your family. And you get that from the people around you that care about you and love you and say, you know what, I'm just a wonderful kid. Because after all, I get to grow up in that house and everybody loves me there and everybody cares about me. And there's this concept of little fish in bigger ponds and bigger fish in little ponds that you have to explain eventually. 
Because while you became the most important person in that family, because you are the oldest child, the middle child, the youngest child, the talented child, the beautiful child, some child that was recognized and loved and cared about, when you start school, you go with all the other first kids who were told they were the first child. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Why isn't everyone telling me how wonderful I am? Well, because it's a very small pond where you are in your family. And yes, you need to be told those things. Tell them they're absolutely wonderful. When you go to school, you got all the other little ones there too. And they've all been told the same thing. And all of a sudden, it gets a little bit bigger, right? Because they're all firstborn children too. And then it gets even bigger and you get to high school. You get out of high school and boy, you were, the, you were something in high school. You were the captain of the football team or the head cheerleader and everything was great and everybody looked up to you and everybody respected you. And after high school, you're just a kid without a job. And that's really what it comes down to because all of a sudden you've got to start over in a much bigger pond. And the goldfish might think he's great in his little bowl, but you put him in the ocean and he's not so big anymore. And yet you haven't lost any value at all. Your mom still thinks you're first. Your mom still thinks you're best. And your dad still thinks you're important. And the point is, God thinks you're important, and God will exalt, but only if we humble ourselves. How many people have you seen who have been exalted? I started looking around for this, and went, well, wait a second, how would I look at this? How, if he teaches so much about the humble are exalted, then who do you know who has been exalted? Well, I expected to see a lot of hands. None of you just said, oh, it's me. Not even pointing to the guy down the row. But yeah, maybe we all have been exalted. And it's greater service and greater effort. And God has exalted the name of Jesus above every name. And yeah, God did exalt him. And I think there's some other ones that we look at, like Peter and Paul and Stephen and John, that are exalted above all others, and we recognize those people because of the things that they have done. And when you look around yourself, you may not think, oh, they've been exalted, but yeah, there's a lot of respect that goes on for some of the work that you've done, for some of the things that you've been able to do and some of the way in which you've been able to live. It's always amazing to look and see that, yeah, that's a person who does a lot. That's a person who helps a lot. That's a person who's always there to talk. That's a person who calls people. That's a person who's always there thinking about things and trying to figure out what's best. So who does the exalting? Well, God does, not us, but we honor the exalted ones, right?
Isn't that what he says? Romans 12, verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. And who are you going to honor? I would honor the ones that God exalts, the ones that He lifts up, the ones that He thinks are amazing. We're not going to honor the ones who don't deserve it. We're going to honor the ones who have done well. Honor to whom honor is due. And so we recognize that honor. Another version says, be devoted to one another in love, but honor one another above yourselves. And I think that needs to happen. That needs to go on as we recognize what God does with exalting and how good people are. I see it happening a lot when salvation occurs, when we're first baptized. Because we'll talk to people and we'll tell them, this is so great, we're so proud of you. We're so excited for you that you've made this decision to be baptized into Christ. And all your sins are taken away and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It makes you a member of God's family and of His church. And it makes that covenant with God. And, and we're going to all celebrate that every week. And so we'll tell them then how proud we are. Because we see God doing great things in their life. And just maybe we ought to do that more often. When we see God doing great things in their life, not just when they were baptized, which is a great time, but in every other time when we see God doing great things, when we see God at work in them, when we see God exalting them, when we see the suffering that they've been through, when we see the service that they have done, that we would lift them up that we would honor them as we would honor parents. After all, we put them through. They deserve some honor. It's a principle that he gives. And the one who humbles himself is exalted by God and should be honored by everyone else. So, do you feel like you're exalted today? Have you been honored today? Are you in that place where God is looking at you saying, you're my child, you're a special one, I'm going to grant you grace and peace, and I'm going to give you all of the things that you need and that you're able to appreciate it? You know, if that really isn't the case, then maybe it's time to make some changes. Come talk to us. Let us pray about this. It's one of those amazing things. And be able to exalt each other and honor each other as God does among us.